Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price and there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Hello and welcome to Tempence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Molland, aka Vertvik. And my name is Sean Holly, a.k.a. Sean In Your Face Holly. And we're doing a very special podcast this time because we are live at... The Centre for Computer in Cambridge. The Centre for Computing History in Cambridge. And it's an arcade evening number two where we've brought some cabs with us. I brought my Isis Cubert. And as you can probably hear outside, the arcade ambience going on there. Yeah, we're in a little room that is, which is supposed to be like a 1970s computer room with a, with a cup of tea and an old telephone. It's got those very brown and orange crockery. There's a Commodore pet in front of me and some horrible swine's put 10 pence arcade podcast all over the screen on it. Breaking I wonder who ten. that was. It wasn't me, it must be you. It was. Or a fan. No, it was definitely me. Oh, got <laughs> it was definitely me. I've got no fans here. But do you know, there's yeah. a Sean Holly fact I have, yeah. I found out. Uh, you were the needlework and pie-making champion, YMCA 1989. What pie did you make for the competition? Apple pie. Apple pie. Was there custard? No, just apple. How did you win with that custard? I didn't win. Well, more Sean Holly facts on the next coming up episodes. Oh, yeah, it says I was champion. Sorry, yeah, I won. Yes. With some apples and that. Yes, that's the one. Yes, and the did things. you know my co-host, Victor Marlin, dressed up in a dress in the 1980s and pretended to be Robert Smith's girlfriend? Yeah. I just made that up. It's not bad, is it? Well, who wouldn't want to be Robert Smith? God? He's a god. A yeah. god, everyone. Yeah, Oz. So at the moment, we've been up to getting here, haven't we? Yeah, but because it's, it's been three weeks since we recorded, so rewind three weeks. <laughs> and yes, two weeks ago, I went to co-host land, which is your house, yes. to pick up my OK baby. And how OK is it, baby? It's pretty good. Really? The, yeah, it's... Well, it's... Exactly what I wanted. It's a candy cab with a perfect control panel. Dead on. You can look. You know, with my Lord's Vale, I stood to the left a little bit. Oh yeah, it's two player panel, wasn't so, it? So I can sit down because you know your legs and your back go when you're over eighty. Absolutely. And I can just play it. The only problem is there's no monitor in it yet. It's being fixed. Yes. So I've got an LCD monitor <gasps> just sitting in the cab. Uh, why don't you just put some flowers or a fire in there it instead? It looks a bit weird. Look at the fire in. It lovely. You want your hands on it? Yeah. <sighs> The crackle. Do you know you took the control panel off for me to get it in the house? Yes. Still wouldn't fit in. Oh, really? So I stood in the garden thinking, what am I going to do? <laughs> Play in the garden. So I took, you know, the little hatch that you lift up and you take, you can take that off. Yes. So I took that off and then managed to get it in. Yeah. Well, I couldn't get it in. I just sat there crying. But wife, wife is good at ergonomics. I had a feeling when I could, I tried to get it in my house to work on it when I first got it, and I couldn't get it in my house. Mm. I didn't tell you that. Though. 
Yeah. I just wanted it out of my garage, so I told you any old thing to get rid of it. And also picked up a Naomi chop for Lewis. Yes, I also sold him. He's very happy with. And he had to take his back door off to get it in. <laughs> he got it into the kitchen, but then couldn't get it into his living room. Uh-oh. So he had to dismantle it to get it into his living room, and he showed me a picture of his girlfriend trying to cook in the kitchen around this Naomi. <laughs> Kids and dogs running around. Oh. Sorry about the Mrs. Lewis. Yeah, We're sorry very sorry Lewis. about that. It's not my fault. Yes. It's Lewis's addiction with buying cabs now, isn't it? Well, earlier on today, I left a bit earlier from my house, and I went to Dean Swain's place. Yes, is he here yet? He is here. He just got here not long ago. Right. One of the retro asylumists. Because mm-hmm. he wanted a monitor removing out of a an old touchscreen quiz cab he bought, mm-hmm. just for the monitor, so he can nick the monitor out of it and put it in a bass cab he's got. So I helped him take that out, because he wasn't sure about... Discharging it, but in the end, we didn't even need to discharge it. We just, you just took lick it, out. it. You tell, just lick it. No, don't do that, listeners. Mm. I discharged it for him, showed up and did it, and didn't do anything anyway because it really it was already naturally discharged. You could have just popped the cap off, but you don't know. Pop a cap, pop a cap in its ass. He could have done that, but in the end, we took the whole frame out and he's going to mount it to the board in the new in the new cab and put it in there and just put like a very maim in there but it's a proper CRT so it'd be look nice I think it'd be really good awesome it was nice meeting, meeting him anyway I had to go on his other little cab he's actually got a nice LCD modern cab it's not one of those ultra skinny things it's sort of not as deep as a normal cab is it a bar top or not no no it's a proper full size thing he bought for like 100 quid just the basic carcass and yeah. he put the, all the bits on it and the controls it actually works quite nicely it's a really nice looking thing yeah it's, it's one of the better looking modern cabs I reckon yeah, it was we, quite we nice were eating a carcass at dinner, weren't we? A chicken carcass. Yeah, we went to Nando's, and I was quite shocked to find you've never been in a Nando's before. It's just chicken, isn't it? I had a whole it, chicken. It was nice chicken. Yeah. Well, I gave you a bit of the chicken. I gave you a leg. Mm. It was nice. So, yeah, we've been doing that, and we've been yapping to other people so far as well. Garen's been on. Some of the regulars. I've broken a cab in there already. Yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Martin. It was Smarty Martin. It blew up. We were playing uh, an original GB machine, an Amco, a really Namco cute little cocktail, machine. Yeah. And it's got a little 12 inch black and white monitor. It's a tiny little thing. Yeah. And it's really cute. We were playing together and he was playing and suddenly it went bang! Actually, make a proper pop. And it went off. We threw a quick, pulled up a plug quickly and looked a bit worried and looked around. We looked quite, quite guilty, actually. Mm. And um, it popped a cap inside, a capacitor. It actually blown off because there's a gap inside the machine, the way it's constructed. It actually fell out of the machine. It was on the floor. It was like a squashed, knackered cap that blown completely out of the God. of the chassis. We we saw where it had come from, mm. but it'd be repairable. I think it's just a shame it went off. It's a really nice little game. The capacitors is like a round thing, isn't it? I've just noticed. Mm. Victor, there's there's an old knackered ashtray in this seventies. Office, and it's got Victor on it. Yay! If I was a dishonest man, I would steal that. But you're not, and you're going to. I'm not, I'm going to pop it straight back on the Commodore CBM Model 3040 dual drive disc drive. Mm. Yes. What was that about then? We're on about. Oh, no. Caps, capacitors. Yeah, it can be all it's a round shapes. thing, isn't it? Mm, it can be all shapes. Is it a round thing with three legs, capacitor? No, yeah? that's the transistor. Damn it. Capacitor's got two legs, usually. Ah, oh, that's it. It can be yeah. radial or axial with the legs either side of it. And they build up a charge in it and then release it. Yes. I'm getting there. You are getting there, yeah. sort of. Up to capacitor, yeah. So, mobile phone cameras have capacitors for the flash. Is that right? I don't know. That's what that's how I do not know. Anyway. Google it. I'm learning electrics. Electrics. Oh, anyway. Beware, listeners. Holly's learning electrics. Guess what? Guess what? What else did we do? Guess doing? what, Vic? Mm-hmm. Massive news for me. Oh no! Let's do. Let's do the. 
the lesser things first and do the big one at the end. At the end of what? At the end of this bit. Oh. So I've been fixing stuff right in face. No, it don't matter. Can I do my mask? No, no, wait, wait, wait. It's exciting. Uh-oh. And I got the arcade tidy for the Royal Holly visit. You did? We didn't get a lot of time in there, though, because the dog was playing up and he wanted to play with us. Ketsui? No. Haruki. Why not Ketsui? It's Haruki the Beagle. name for a dog. He's, it is, actually, but he is a cool him, little dog. You call him Mushy him. You call him Mushy. No. Mushy. Come here, Haruki. Mushy. He was chasing swans yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I wish job. the listeners could see my impression of a, a, good of, a, of a naughty swan. Tell us about your favourite game of all time, 1942, and what you've you've horrendously done to it. What have you done to 1942? Well, I've been thinking a lot of Vic, which is not really no, a good you thing. haven't. No, it's you not haven't. really a good thing. But I'm going to change my favourite game of all time, just because of oh, I keep going back to Moon Patrol. Blimey, Charlie! For two years now I keep going back to Moon Patrol I can loop it every say ten games I play not very often Yeah. but I just love it and it is a shooter it is a vertical shooter it is but you can shoot also, up and across it's also a horizontal shooter and you can also jump best of all the worlds and there's something about it that just brings me back to it all the time and, I, and it used to infuriate me but now I don't mm. know I could just play it and if you die towards the end there's a thing where you can just continue so you can loop it and just yeah. carry on so you can just play it for ten minutes no worries I had the 10 pence know, effect just, on it. I used to love that game. I've been over that long, I think 20 years ago, and I used to really like it. And then when I started playing it competitively, I hated it. But the best thing about that game is when you fall in a hole and all your wheels fly off your car. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I just wish there was more levels. We'd perhaps someone would pack some more levels. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? More, there's only two big levels, really, and the second level right. just repeats. Tell everyone your big news, Sean. <laughs> this is... Career changing for you, yeah, literally. In three weeks' time, as dun, we record dun, this, dun. I will be starting a new job. Doing what, Sean? I'll Doing be what? Working at a large venue in Greater Manchester area called Arcade Club as community manager. You've got a holly in the club. Oh, yes. that sounds wrong. <laughs> I got you in the club. Oh no! I'll be organising events, tournaments, doing a bit of YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, meet and greet, posting flyers for old granny's doors charity runs back ten, f- ten pence arcade pack back promotions yeah oh yeah get some oh, good thing I, I, we were talking about earlier is you're going to start off some competitions and hopefully mm. get some adjudication going so we can get some UK records in there that'd be cool yeah and nice. eventually mm-hmm. I will be well obviously everyone who works there helps out around the place you know yeah but hopefully well eventually I shall be running the place from time to time so Andy can have a day off yeah because Andy doesn't have many days off poor bloke so he said are you up for that I said yeah just need a bit of training like how to get all the money out of the till and run off and you know do I get free diet coke when I go up there yeah oh do you know what he said what no not free diet coke oh no I think think you're allowed one beer at the end of the night I think he said oh right yeah otherwise all the IPA who's who's emptied this IPA fridge sorry look I can't drive home I've, why is Sean I've, underneath this pinball lying down I've on his hurt, face I've hurt my brain so you were going to be yeah looking after arcade club it's wow just, just what a job go, that's a job of a lifetime I just had it? to go for it if I didn't go for it you've not been happy in your your normal job for a while it. what you have to remember though is be careful when you've, you're doing a hobby as a job and it doesn't just just become a job yeah keep it as your hobby as well mm. so you have to sort of when you have your break go and play some moon patrol yeah. yeah, I may, you may have to stop my gaming and just 
getting it working. Yeah, that's going to be fear. difficult, isn't it? That's the fear. So, kids, there, you heard it first, or a few other hundred people heard it. But there you go, kids, you've heard it. Three weeks' time. I'll be working in the arcades like Pete, like Han, Pete Han, Vic Sage. Yeah. You will be an arcade employee, so you can do a yeah. diary for us. Yeah. That's good, because we can get some infi- inside information of arcade club. Mine won't be as good as Vic Sage's. Probably not. But we'll try. Woke up, had a pizza, tripped over a wire. <laughs> Blew some stuff up. Oops. Blew, blew Andy up. told me off. Blew up a rhythm game. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, rhythm games. You better play them a bit more. You better get yeah. some practice, won't you? Yeah. Nice one. That is really, really cool. Arcade News. Some arcade news. Yes. Happy birthday. This is a couple of weeks old now because yep. we're recording a bit late because you had to look after your dog, didn't you? Well, actually, what we did is we, we sort of did it for scheduling reasons because... Last week, my wife was away mm. up at a music festival thing with some of her friends, and next week, she's going to be away in Portugal. Ah. So we're doing one in the middle now, and then two weeks' time, we'll be, she'll be home, so I'll be able to do the podcast properly again. And we're here, so it's a good excuse to do one here live for a yes. change, isn't it? We're going to have to do that. So our scheduling has changed a bit, and people seem to like clacks, so they enjoy playing it for another week. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so happy birthday to Galloping Ghost. To eight years old. Eight years old on the 13th of August. That's mm. a while ago. Happy birthday. And from... What was it? 110 machines Doc started with. He's now got 600 and something 50, on the floor. 8,000 million. Nine. 12. Yes. Yeah, loads. Absolutely. Well loads done. We machines. will be there in December. Can't wait. I've got to start booking stuff. Booking stuff very have soon. To walk and it's going to take ages. That is going to take ages. I'm, I haven't got any water wings. We're going across <laughs> the Atlantic. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Pinfest Pinball Expo, organised by Phil Nurg. Yes. We missed that. I did want to go. Yeah. Oh, the pinball thing. That da- Daventry Pinfest. Yeah, I've never been to oh, one Daventry. Before. I used to yeah. live near that. It, it's near here, where we are now, Cambridge. Right. Fairly. Yeah. But I went to see you, you and do. then I got a week off, and then here. So in the middle week was the Daventry thing, and you know I'm running out, running out of wife points. Yes. Wife points. He says, "Are we going out Sunday? Are you doing stupid arcading?" And you went, "Sorry, wife. We could go. We could go for one of our lovely country walks, but it's got to be in Cambridge." Ah. She, I asked if she wanted to come and play games, but no. And sweaty, but it's quite hot in here, isn't it? Yeah, I've had to go and have a shower in the hotel. There was never any um, air conditioning in the 70s, was it? No. We are actually in this 70s room, and everything is 70s. There's an old Videc 1400 GB computer there. There's a dot matrix printer, Commodore PET. Some, there's a lot of brown orange stuff in here. There's a television manual from February. Television? Three and six, Ooh. 17 and a half, new pence, it says. Oh, wow, one. Improve your TV audio channel, video LF response. There's F- a Tandy TRS-80 green screen monitor. I love that. Space Invaders look awesome on oh, that. Oh, it's cute as buttons, isn't it? And there's an orange typewriter. Buttons. Anyway. There's, there's some five and, five and a quarter inch floppies there. There's an eight, eight, eight inch floppy over oh, that thing. I've never seen one of them in flesh. Massive, isn't oh, it? Oh, my God. Size of a textbook. Do you reckon I could lick it? No, don't lick it. Okay. I doubt it's going to work now. Anyway, back to arcade stuff. Yes. I'm also excited for the new Walmart exclusive mini arcade machines. Those ones I actually collect. I've got five of them. Yeah. They're bringing some new ones out. Um, Ms. Pack and also Fix It Felix Jr. I presume they're going to be NES versions because Ms. Pack was obviously on the NES and I think someone made a Fix It Felix Jr. to work on the NES. So when we're in America in December, I'm going to pick them both up. Nice. I'll probably get one of our mates to get one, get them for me, or I'll go to Walmart quickly there and go grab them. So I do like those machines. How many have you got now? Have you got 12 team? Five. You got five? Five team, might be six. Oh, yeah, I saw them on top of your shelf. Yeah, it's five or six, I can't remember. Well, on I top want those of your two. shelf, on your shelf. Yes, but on the top 
of the shelf. That's They're it. not glued to the bottom of the shelf. No. That would be just silly. It would be silly. That would be crazy. Anyway, uh, yeah, they'll probably use the NES version, I suppose. I tell you what, though, I wonder why Nintendo hasn't come down heavy on those people. Mm, they might have for using a NES bootleg hardware, a NES on a chip. Is that not? Is that bootleg hardware? Is it NES? On yeah. Chip? Oh, definitely. They're not licensed it. They m- I doubt it very much because a lot of the NES copies and the Famic clones from mm. the 80s and 90s, they obviously weren't licensed, and they use the little little chip with a potted compound up, so you can't get to it. And that's what these things use. So with Nintendo being really funny about their IPs lately. I wonder if they'll start stopping, stop, start, stopping and starting. <laughs> stop, stop, starting them. I don't know what I'm saying. Those yeah. things, anyway. Yeah, but they're really nice little machines. I quite like them. There's a picture of one. Look. Oh, look, look, listeners. I'll pop that on the site for everyone to look at. Oh, look lovely though, don't they? I really like them. They do look nice. And I notice this is this is 11 and 12, and Joust and What's the game of the monsters in it. Pac-Man. No, that's Pac-Man outside. That's a nice little bit there. Joust and the, gri- the Grizzly with the, the Lizzie and Ralph and George. Rampage. Rampage was uh, eight and ten, and Defender was number nine. Apparently, they couldn't get the license for Defender because I think it's owned by someone other than Bally Midway now. Williams. Yeah, but Joust is. So I'm not sure what happened there, but they missed out Defender apparently. Ah. I want it. Ah, but Joust is with ostriches and Midway licensed ostriches. I thought you were going to say something actually intelligent there. I thought you were going to say. <laughs> The joust machine's got a jumper in it. And when you jump the jumper, it plays Defender. Obviously, yeah. you can't play it it's not got the right controls. Uh, so they've obviously done some cost-cutting measures by making the same board, and we're going to reseal them just for the jumper on it. But, yeah, you can get it to work. Also, yes. when I was looking for these Walmart things on their website, obviously to order when I get over there and one of our American friends to pick it up for me, I found on their website they sell stuff that's not in the store. They do a web-only stuff as well. I found loads of really cool branded arcade stuff. How about taking your sandwiches to work in a gauntlet sandwich box? Look on the screen for listeners. Look. Who would that be? Is it, for, is it like one of them plastic kiddie boxes? No, it's a little tin one. You, yeah. can put your, you can put your little flask in there with your weak lemon drink in it. <laughs> yeah. Your peanut butter sandwiches and your yoghurt and maybe an apple if you're lucky. If I took that to Did work. You, would you take a takeaway? A bre- no, a breakaway biscuit or a club. I wonder if you get a kebab in it. Might do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they do um, Joust ones, Defender. Awesome. This is on the website only though. If I took that to work, I would be ripped to pieces. Why? I've already got... They always keep ripping me out. Oh, you're shooting little green men this weekend. Yes, I am. You'll be doing it for a job soon. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I like them apples work, people. Yes. What do you reckon the best home arcade UK in the UK is? You've, everyone's in the arcade scene has probably seen this, but Les Potts' arcade is fantastic. And Alex Nintendo Arcade... Who is here? Is here, isn't he? He's over there somewhere. He's around somewhere. He did an arcade tour. He calls his game room tours, doesn't he? Yes, he's been to me before. Yeah, and you went round this one with Les and uh, Tony Temple. He's in Sun- Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> did he go to an outlet centre as well? <laughs> and, and do some photo copies with a monkey. A photo copy, yeah. Photo copy with a monkey. <laughs> he, he, uh, what, what have we heard about? Yeah, uh, this arcade. Yes. Awesome. Les Potts, because um, he lived in Sunderland. His house, not just because it's from Sunderland, but his house has got a basement there, which is what I'd, I'd love to have a basement. Just a lot of American homes have got basements. Just dig down, get Haruki to dig down. He'd be digging for a while. He's pretty good at digging, but he's not mm. that good. And he's got, a, he's got easily the best home arcade. It's so beautifully presented. He's got his original machines in there, he's got loads of 
film memorabilia as you walk down the stairs. The mini bar and oh god. We'll post the link. Yeah, it's fantastic. Everyone go look. It's about an hour long. It's really really good. So good, and all the machines he's bought are just pristine. Yes. They are like minty fresh, like yeah. some of that minty fresh chewing gum that you have that's mint flavour and fresh flavour. How minty is it, Sean? Quite so, so minty. Proper. Makes your teeth mint. I'd love a basement, me. Mm. <gasps> anyway, yes, from Vic Sage. <gasps> I love this. this it's a little link. Yep. DuckTales, DuckTales Nintendo cab found in the wild. Not really, someone's built one. But it looks lovely. Well, we got some pictures oh, down on my notes. I remember it's from the same the... person who did the Zelda one. I, I played that. Seeing the Zelda one. In the I played that. That is in Mega Man as well. So they're in Oregon or Bend, an arcade there. Bend? Yeah, it's in Oregon. Um, and I played it. It's a really beautiful machine. And the thing that I like about these machines is, in, on my picture, which I'll also post on the notes, there's a Zelda, and on the grill, the speaker grill, it's actually done like a triangle, like the Triforce. Triforce. The Mega Man one has got a little Mega Man face on it. A little Mega Man face. Mm. And the DuckTales has got a little dollar sign over it. And on the actual sticker, which where you, where you put your credits in, it's got insert gold to play. Oh, it's very... absolutely brilliant. It's a purple machine, and it is absolutely gorgeous, and it really fits that machine. I think it plays in a play choice. So mm. these these games are all Nintendo games that would have been in the arcade. I think Zelda, you've got a hack to play on a play choice. You can mm. play it though. But I think Mega Man and DuckTales were in the arcade on the play choice 10 system, I think. I love it when people are creative with their... They, they really, they're not original, but they look original, and they really suit Nintendo machines. I think they look lovely. Absolutely beautiful pieces. Mm. Here's a good one for all you, oh, yeah. all you people under thirty. Mm. <laughs> a video, Kids. a video about the making of modern arcade game Halo Fireteam Raven. So it's Eugene Jarvis's game, Raw Thrills, mm -hmm. and it's just a, a very interesting shooter. Yeah, it's a very interesting little video about how they put it together. A, a bit of play testing, what they did to make it better. Yeah, it's quite interesting. That's from Arcade Heroes website. Mm -hmm. And if you want to buy it, Vic. The machine is available. I might get one actually. The machine is available in the UK from Home Leisure Direct for the knockdown price of fifty-one thousand nine hundred ninety-seven pound. Fifty-one thousand pound. It's eleven foot wide by eleven foot high by eleven foot. Deep. Do you know what? I'll give this one a miss. Mm. Mm. And all, I think there's seventy-one thousand dollars in America, but fifty-two grand here. My lord, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of tokens to get your money back, isn't it? Yeah. I bet it's two dollars a go, though. Surely it's got to be. Mm. I think you can have six players up, might be four or six at once. All right, like, so maybe it wouldn't take that long to get your money back. It's like one of them Galaxian theaters. Yeah, it? it's huge. It hasn't got like two sixteen screens or something mad. Yeah, massive screens. Huge. Our mate Steve Tyke, who goes to Arcade Club. Yes. He has done the trifecta on his 1980 upright centipede cab. His top three scores are 999,999, 999,999, and 999,997. How did he manage that? I don't know, you've got to, yeah. I mean, being that good is a skill, right? And you can just play it forever, whatever, loop it, loop it, loop it. But to get the single points, one at a time, until you just click over 97, 98, 99, and then stop playing. If you get it wrong, you've got you get it wrong, it like, goes back to zero. It's yeah. got to be four, four, five hours play, that. Oh, and then just oh, do the think. last bit. I would think. That's insane. But he recorded it as well, so that's pretty cool. Well done, Steve, you tyke. You tyke. Oh. Um, next time you go to the toilet, Sean, yes. make sure you take in some Pac-Man toilet roll that's been released. <laughs> I want some, just to put in the arcade on top of a machine, just to put on there. Very nice. 
Pretty and good, it, isn't it? It's like a maze with toilet paper. Yeah. So you've got a cherry on it. It'd be a shame to waste it, you know, like wipe your bum with it. I would just maybe dab the corner of my mouth after Nando's with it. Yeah. 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 Listener feedback. Got a message from Cine Steve. Is he coming today? Yeah, I think he is. Nice. This should be in the feedback section, actually. Anyways, but Sean Holly, you legend. Spatter is brilliant. Little gutted I didn't get involved in the high score challenge, but love it. You stumbled upon a gem, sir. You did indeed. I have stumbled upon a gem. They're right sharp. Uh, Rolly's, Rolly's Arcade, Rolly Retro on... Uh, actually, it's called Retro Games Now. Rolly Retro on Twitter. And he says, saw this today, made me laugh. And it's a picture of Phoenix, and it's got Angry Birds, 1981. Phoenix Mothership, yeah. I would have said Angry Drunk Birds. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop doing that. Yes. Is that our feedback? No. I don't know what we've done here. Oh, we got it all run the wrong way, viewers, listeners. I think Vic's messed up. Tell you what, let's keep notes. on with the feedback, then we'll do pickups, yeah? It might be me who missed it up. Don't matter. Okay, yeah, go on. Uh, we got a feedback on Twitter again, and this is a picture from Delta Lima 212, Alan Delta. And he's got a picture of loads of those mini arcade machines, not the Walmart exclusive that I like. But the VFD style ones, and he found them in his local Smythe Toys in Ireland. He lives in Ireland, mm. so hopefully Europe and the UK are going to get some of these exclusives. Because mm. Walmart owns our superstores, Asda. Asda. I wish they'd start selling them in there. That'd be brilliant. Right. It's their market for because I would buy them. I saw one in the pound shop. Did you? One of them. Yeah. One. Uh, it was similar. What game was it? It was. It wasn't a licensed game. Okay. It was called. Brick bash and it was brick bash to some cardboard, yeah, and you know some one of lights, a little, little round plastic ball, and some. No, I'm joking. Be good though, wouldn't it? Do you remember them pocketeers? Yes, they I were do. good, weren't they? They, they were arcade. They were they were like Game Boys before Game Boy came out. Yeah. I had a snooker which had to roll it around and get all the balls in the right. I had quite thing. a few of them. Yeah, there were some of them really good. So some of the ones, the pinball ones, were quite smart as well. Yeah, a little car one going around the track, and you, you could wind it up, and then it was a bit like say Turbo or something, but very simple. Yeah, yeah I used to like some of those as a kid. Yeah. Actually, a local um, toy shop used to sell them. They're about about one pound fifty, which mm. back then was loads of money to save for that. There is a website with a mod. I found it a couple of years ago. Ed Horse? Yes, go on. With his hooves. <laughs> That's, sorry. Go found on. a Japanese spatter YouTube video where the play- player counter-stops the game. In other words, the counter doesn't go any further. Mm-hmm. Scoring 9,999,990 points in the first four rounds, Sean. Yeah, you can score a million. We didn't know this, did we? It's very interesting watching this video, which we'll post on the, the website for, in the links. I tried for half an hour to do it, and I can't do it. You've got to be pixel perfect. Basically, you've got to shove the blocks around and then gather up the baddies and get them, yeah. and then hit the block with another block or something. There's a way of doing it, and you get like 100,000, 500,000, and a million point bonuses Yeah. on the, the, on the first level. The, the, I think there's kind of a way. If you hit one block with another block, the block that doesn't explode gains the multiplier. Oh, I see. Something like that. And so That's when, interesting. They didn't put that on the instructions where you can get multiples. They didn't, give a, they didn't even give a clue on the flyer how to get these multiples. It did say there's hidden... In the flyer, in the Japanese flyer, it sort of said there's, there's hidden It doesn't give you any idea how to get the hidden I points. This That's game. interesting. So, and Tagster's found a Spatter PCB. Yeah. That's on, on Sega System 1 hardware. Yeah, so... He, I'm interested it's got to be around, it, isn't it? Yeah. It has to have had a European or American release because it was called Spatter and not Sanrin. 
Chan or something. Chan, what, the, the Japanese name for it. So it must have had an American release. And if you've got a System 1 board with Flicky on it, for instance, or Fantasy Zone, you could do a ROM swap, I presume. Mm. Or Choplifter, even, yeah. yeah. Mark Bell from Australia finds a fellow 10 pence gamer living locally. How cool is that in Australia? Him and Benny Benassi. You've not heard of that. Still don't know what you're talking about. Satisfaction. Benny Benassi. But he realised they might be neighbours because MacArthur Square is a local game traders. And we both play in the high score challenge with us lot. Small world. That's cool. Ian, I am the star man. 10 pence arcade. Oh my God, what have you done to me, Vic? Clax is like digital crack. Fantastic game, great podcast. Thank you, I'm glad you like Thank it. Thank you, Ian. Uh, Matt Neo MK, evening Victor and Sean. Nice, entertaining podcast as always, but boy, was Space Fire Turds a dull, poor shooter. Are you telling me that Chucky Egg really likes this Tosh, our Alex? He does, he loves it. Spatter was a nice find, but little time to play it. Not sure if anyone has reported it to you, but there seems to be something different about the Spatter podcast download. I normally see them automatically via the main podcast up on my Windows phone. Oh dear. There's his error, Windows Phone. Uh-oh. Oh, do they still exist? Mm-hmm. But this episode won't play. We had no other problems with it, as far as I know. Uh, and he plays on his laptop all right, so not sure if Apple or Android devices are affected. They weren't. So I don't know what's going on there, mate. He discovered a new horizontal shooter recently called Excisus from Taito in 87. Never seen it back in the day. Similar to Sidearms, more addictive with catchy music worth a look. Thanks again, lads, for podcasting efforts. Cracky. I was looking at this. I was talking on UK Vac about it. There's sidearms. There's this excisers because we were talking about obscure. Yeah, there's another games from Michibutsu. There was another one before it, which wasn't wasn't Taito, but it looks similar. God, what was okay. What, what was after sidearms? Oh, what was it? Up arms, down arms, left arms, right arms, bottom no, no, arms. No. Anyway, <clears throat> I've forgotten now. Never mind. But they sort of refined the th- refined the thing inside arms. Alf was talking about it. Anyway, I'll have to yeah. find it. I'll have to find it. Bobby Edod has been parading his 10p colours. He's wearing his T-shirt down in Filey. Well done, Bobby. Uh, Benson Rath put fab stuff. Annoyingly, I missed yet another deadline for feedback. Don't. Never mind. Listen to number four. Uh, Tin's got on. Ooh, clacks. Love that on the 64 and links. Ooh. Ooh. Chris Plus Plus. Who, listeners, has picked the listener game this time? And if you listen to podcast 112, you will know what game we're going to play next. Okay. And anyway, his score arrived at, at by forming the so-called double-barrel H-pattern whenever possible in the first few waves. Wow. And then making the X-shape. Then I managed to make the X-shape again. He's talking about his score. He yeah. says it's really easily... Oh, yeah. It's easily my favourite real-time puzzle game and a great pick for your show. My only complaint is that the game definitely punishes you when you are doing well. If you want to see what I mean, lose the game on purpose on a higher wave and then continue. <laughs> Didn't know this. Oh, right. You'll get a much easier see. version of the same wave. That makes the game a deliberate quarter muncher, which is too bad as it's mostly brilliant and certainly very, very original. It is original. Yeah. Also, the controls go wonky sometimes. You move to the left, for instance, and it springs immediately back. I thought that was my stick. I had a problem, I was playing Clax on my Mac through an emulator, which is through Parallel, which is a Windows emulator, and it didn't play very well at all. I noticed, because when I play Clax, I do it very quickly on some of the levels. So I'm, I'm, I play it a lot. So you're trying to do things quickly and, and do like two or three moves ahead. And I was missing moves, and I played it on the actual arcade board on my cab, absolutely perfect. But then I played it on my Mac emulator, with the Mac, not, a, a Mac, not an emulator through an emulator, mm. and it was fine. 
so yeah it was good a bit funny so maybe there is something in in windows or, or mame at least there's a bit funny on it but usually it's pretty good actually anyway it's one of his favorites apparently cheers chris anyway thanks for picking one of my favorites your man in mexico uh, sal buglerisi I stayed away from this game in the arcades because I didn't yield enough playtime per quarter. Now that I've dedicated some time into it, I've grown quite fond of it. The gameplay is very unique and it's quite satisfying when you set up a trigger and chain a load of lines. The action speeds up quickly and I find it gets very frantic and becomes overwhelming too soon. Overall, not a bad game. And it just can't compete with the best class R games such as Kangaroo and Alibaba. I've been playing so hard to get past 900,000 but I just can't do it. Looking forward to hearing about all the tips and tricks on the next podcast. Nice. Arcade pickups. So when you came to see me, Yay. you gave me two Vic 20s. Yes. You gave me a broken one. Yes. Uh, this was an issue one Vic, which has got Yay. the old style square font. And it's got the weird two pin connector in the side of it, which is the old version, which I've always wanted. But I've got to fix it because some of the. There was a 6522 on there. It's a chip, there's two of them. One of them wasn't working properly, so the keyboard wasn't working. I also found out that when you press the Commodore key and press the, the letters, you're supposed to get those symbols like on the pet there. It's called Petsky. And that wasn't working at all. It was doing random symbols. So there's a, a character generator that doesn't work. So if I get those pieces, which you can readily find, it'll be fixed. So I'm giving one of my old Vic-20s to Bobby Idol. Because he hasn't got one. It's in my car. It's in your car. Uh, you gave me a BBC B for playing on which I, I've got with me hopefully Richard Broadstone will be there soon Broadhurst sorry Broadside <laughs> Broadside yes he's very broad uh, and he's hopefully going to look at it and try and get it fixed for me nice uh, and he also gave me a BBC Master which is quite an expensive machine so if we get it up and going or I can get a BBC out of it for a swap or whatever uh, and if I sell it the money can go to you to go to Batcave hmm. so you can buy some stuff for Batcave Sorry, you can keep, keep the money spending no, on no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I've got an OK Baby After You Find Self. You did indeed. And a Naomi Chop. That was for Lewis. Yeah, he's not got it. I mean, he talked obviously earlier, he's got it, yeah. He loves it. Anyway, Mega Drive for the back cave, thank you very much. Yep. A Mac Mini and Monitor. Yeah, I've, Mac so, I've let you have my old Mac just so you can do stuff for the podcast on it. But a permanent loan, you've said. Yeah, because you're having trouble with your Linux machine uh, working with Skype. Probably Skype, because Skype's a horrible piece of software. Yeah. So hopefully, the Mac will help you play it. And Macs are very good for doing audio. So yeah. hopefully you'll get I'll a bit of use out of that. Yeah, give it a go and see what you think of it anyway. But it's, yeah. it's one of the older ones, but it works quite nicely. Thank you very much. I also gave you a 20-inch telly. Oh, sorry. The CRT, one I found on the side of the road. I'm scrolling down the notes too quick here. You are. Yeah, that's fine. That, that's a really good picture, that telly. Did you find a remote for it so you can get SCART working on it? No. You know where you found the telly on the road? Yes. I looked along the road. It wasn't one. Yeah, but it wasn't the same road. No, that's pretty much... No. Yeah. Anyway. There was a really remote chance you're going to find that. A remote chance to get the remote. Yes. <laughs> did you see what's a dick this day? Yes. Oh, dear. Anyway, what's the next bit? Ping, ping, next. Best games by year. Our favourite games by year. Now, last time we recorded, we did 1990. Yes. I actually forgot to say what our favourite game was from 1990. We so what too was excited. Your... Too excited. Too excited. What was your favourite game in 1990? Well, I think we can both agree our, our favourite game, mine is Outzone. No. The fantastic... Too fu- hard. Futuristic commando... Stupid. ...work of genius. Too hard. By Unplayable. By programming gods... That is to apply. To apply. Now, my favourite game of 1990, without a shadow of a doubt, Raiden. The best shooter 
ever. Mm, beat that, Holly. There's loads of compete riding. Can I hit you with this orange and grey cup? No, it's from 1970s. Can't beat that. My mum had them when I was a kid. They could be your mum's. So, riding for me, uh, I think it's solidly hard enough to play to hone your shooty skills for other games. Because it it's not quite a bullet hell, but there's a lot of bullets, and it's quite a hard game to play. Anyway, let's go on to 1991. Yes. And I did this one. Um, so the first one for me is Acrobat Mission, or UPL. Yes. It's a good little game. It's so good, I gave you the PCB of it. I wasn't so keen on it. It's, very, it's a very weird mechanic where you bounce off the enemies. Oh. You don't die. You don't die. You don't lose health. You bounce off them. The, the bullets can kill you. And it's like a bumper car game. Is this the game where when you do actually die, you sort of float around with your ship on fire? You can break drive into things and you fall out of the sky I think that's it it's, that's mm. on loan to Arcade Club at the minute that PCB ok that's good as long as it's being played don't yeah. mind uh, Bells and Whistles from Konami I quite like this one it's alright cutesy vert shoot up but I don't like shooting the bells power up because you hit the bell ah, it, it's yellow yeah. to start with it when it flies out the clouds and this is well everything's trying to shoot you as well you shoot it a couple of times it changes colour I remember and now and the different colours do different things but if you keep shooting it it goes back to yellow again so you've got to keep shooting it whilst dodging and shooting other stuff so it's very hard yeah. to get the colour you want if you know the colour so I'm not keen on it myself Blade Master from Irem this, this is another good year for Irem it's a lovely looking slash and go right game rather like the final fight kind of things I've heard of that at all it's a good game lovely looking thing have a look Cotton Cotton from Sega this is a witchy bonkers horizontal schmuck it, it looks like Death Smiles took a few ideas from Cotton because you're a little girl on a broomstick yeah. exactly the same as Death Smiles Another one from Iron Gunforce. Gunforce. I started writing when I was writing this up, a gorgeous Metal Slugger like, but then found out this game way predates Metal Slug by five years. I'd liken this more to side levels of Grisel or Contra, actually. And we were talking earlier, and the people who made this game in Iron eventually went on to be Nazca, who made Gun, who made yeah. Metal Slug. Metal Slug. Not yeah. surprising, is it? We were, yeah, we talked to Garen and Darren from. Get to the Chopper podcast, King Mon- Monkey Twenty Five. Yes, and I think he's been on RGDS a bit. So shout outs to them. We're not done shout outs. We will do shout outs. Okay, oh, shouting yes. out things. Another game, Lethal Thunder by Iron. Again, another Iron game. Uh, it's an interesting vertical shmup from them this time, and you've got to keep battering the fire buttons to keep your large weapons going. So if you slow down, like an old slowpoke on the shooty button, like you are, yeah. they go back to nothing again. But if you keep firing. The arc gets wider and larger, but you've got to keep going on it. You can't just hold the button down. It's a really nice game. I didn't, I've not heard, I'm thinking about a slept through 1991. I know what. What? I just did, I just discovered ladies. Ladies and music. Uh oh. Yeah, that's why. House music. So, <laughs> another game which looks like an iron game, but it isn't. It's actually by a company called Alama, or Aluma, mm. is Resin. Yes. I used to have the PCB of this, it was one of the early PCBs I had. It is a super cool R type ripoff. But the same kind of quality. It's a really right. good game. Obviously inspired by our type. Um, yeah, I wish I'd kept the PC, but I think it's quite a hard one to get hold of nowadays. No, I don't that either. What's going on? Oh, Resin's a good game. Uh, Starblade by Namco. This is a bonkers huge cabinet, which our friend Harry Bolt's actually got. One of his favourite games. Um, and it's an on-rail shooty thing. Uh, and if you play the real thing, it's a real experience. The actual 28-inch monitor is above you in the cab you sit down in a cockpit type cab it's above you and it projects onto a weird weird Fresnel lens in front of you like a curved lens 
and the sound is underneath you in speed in stereo and it's really I think it rumbles as well when you yeah, play it. Yeah, I do remember that one. It's a fun game to play on actual hardware, but in MAME it's very, very flat. It's very uninteresting. Mm. Uh, Street Fighter 2 World Warrior. What a massive game for 1991 that was. That yeah. Capcom? Yeah, this rejuvenated the arcades. Yeah. Also brought down the arcades. Yeah. When this was released on SNES, I think people were playing at home a lot. SNES and Mega yeah. versions of it. But this is the big one. This went on to be the largest video game fighting product ever. But on the original World Warrior, you can only play as eight of eight of the different characters back then. I think it's about eight thousand in Street Fighter Five, isn't it? <laughs> yes. You can play Dave down the chip shop. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 good at throwing cans of lager at people. You could just scan people in and they could get all these moves. Uh oh. Nineteen ninety one produced Simpsons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tumnut. Huge four-player money earners. Fight and go right at its best, stroke worst, depending on your opinion of the games. Almost a reskin of each other, these games. Very similar. Obviously use the same kind of hardware. But people love them. I mean, people of that era absolutely love these games. Mm. Uh, Vimana. One of your favourites from Tower Plan. This is a bit of a primitive-looking game by 1991, but it is a great shooting It's nice. A favourite. It's not. I not like primitive it. looking. I think it is. That's real. I it was you look at the Irem games compared to this. They're much more polished. Yeah, Irem had their own style, didn't they? Those big, chunky, cartoony style. I got graphics. a feeling that Irem probably used maybe sixty-five thousand colours, where they only used two fifty-six. Yeah. That's probably why it looks brighter colours, but not as good shading. I think this is the one with the weird bullets that you charge up the mana. I'll have to. Weird bullets. Ooh. Oh, weird bullets. They're weird. Another one you've probably never heard of is Zezix. I've heard of this. X-E-X-E-X. Yeah, Hor Konami. horizontal shoots here. It's a bit of a mad take on Gradius with really rich graphics. Maybe it's a few ideas from our type too, possibly, probably. Mm -hmm. Bouncy lasers and yeah. stuff. So stuff I never knew from 1991 is um, there was a game called Mega Phoenix from a company called Dynamic, or Inda. It was released in this year, and it seems to be an unofficial follow-up or a tart-up to our very own Phoenix. Mm. It's far too hard. It lacks original chum and features of the original game. It's a bit rubbish, actually, but it is, all intents and purposes, a follow-up to Phoenix, which I never knew existed. One I also found for Alex Nintendo Arcade, yes, you, Alex, is a game called Arcade in the Arcade called Peggle. And he had this on the, the DS years ago, and he loved it. And he, he showed me, he actually recommended it to me and showed me playing it. It's a good little puzzle game, but it, it originated in the arcade. That I did not know. Nice. Uh, another one, uh, Waku Waku Sonic Car on, by Sega. I only mention this because it's a very, very rare game. It's a little car you sit in. It's a little kiddies game car. Mm. And there is actually a picture of me sat in one of these in a zoo in Japan. And at it's the time, on the website. Yeah, and at this time, I didn't know how rare that game was. Yeah. But apparently it's super, super rare. There's not many of them left. But just in a random zoo we went to one day, because I think it was raining... We wanted to go and see something, it wasn't working, and we went there instead just to look at the polar bears. And I was saying it. If you look in the about section on our podcast, is that where it is? Web page, yeah, it's there. Oh, cool, nice yeah. one. So you smile in your face. I off. look very happy in that. Smile so in your face. Off. I was on my honeymoon in Japan. Why wouldn't I be? It was brilliant. <laughs> so, Sean, what was your favourite game in 1991? I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to say Vimana for now, yeah. but I've got a feeling there's something else that I, I played around that time really? so I'm going to have a look through Mame I'm going to have a look through my underwear drawer and I'm going to find it it's not going to be in the sock drawer it's sock. always in the sock drawer yeah. or where well, the fork should be in the cutlery 
Yeah. My favourite game, and it's going to be a bit of a weird one, this, yeah. is Street Fighter 2 World Warrior. I know you like it. Because you... I'm not too keen on... the. That was the first proper Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Because the first Street Fighter was a rubbish game. And that one is a bit dull. But then Championship Edition came out, which is really good, and Hyper Fight and all of those. And eventually... Three third strike, which is my favourite one, and then four, which is very good, and now the more modern five. Mm. So it, it it birthed a lot of really good games, and I've always preferred these over Mortal Kombat. Always, always, always. I heard. I don't know if it's just internet myth, but after Street Fighter Two came out, mm-hmm. then they did whatever the next one was. Alphas. And then there was loads and loads of bootlegs where the bootleggers had speeded up the gameplay. Yeah, the Rainbow Editions. And let you play as various characters that you couldn't in the And you can swap characters while you're playing. Yeah. There was a button combination where you could actually swap characters mid-air. And you could do really weird things like um, Guile could fire his, his hyper shooty thing in mid-air. And you could do all sorts of weird and wonderful things you couldn't do on the normal street. There's these hacked bits of it. So that's why Capcom kept up in the game and making better and better Street Fighter 2 oh really yeah because that game Street Fighter 2 and probably Galaxian and Scramble are probably the most bootlegger games you can get them everywhere I mean you go to a raid you find five or six bootlegs of those games at least every yeah. single time yeah. every single time so yeah so you're going to reserve judgment you're going to go for Vimana I am for now <laughs> I've got a feeling there's something else something missing in the back of my tiny mind Shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to. I've got nothing written down. I've not done a lot of notes, Vic. I'm sorry. I've been a bit preoccupied with my new job. And, well, that's and understandable. Things. Well, you've been preoccupied with the job you've been going to for the past three years. Yeah. Every weekend. Four and a half. Mm. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. 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 Mm. Yes. Well, I'm going to say shout out to Richard Broadhurst, yeah. who's been helping me no end with my BBC. I'm going to be doing a podcast collaboration with RGDS soon with Kingy. And we're going to talk about BBC games. And Richard has been supplying me with games and helping me out fixing these computers. Hopefully he's going to be here soon. So I'll have a good chat to him about BBCs. Because he's made some absolutely fantastic games on there. We're going to be talking about his games in particular because they're amazing. So shout outs to Richard for helping me out. Thank you very much. Also, thanks to the Centre for Computing History at Cambridge for putting this on. And Will and Phil and S for Life and Adrian and whoever else has been organising it. Yeah. But it's been absolutely brilliant. We're going to get back in there in the action in a minute after we've done this podcast. Yes. Nice. Awesome. One. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Featured game review. Right, kids. Let's get on to our game. It is... Well, it is a game called... Kellogg's. 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 Wave. From at 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 tree. Shall I read this out? Because you're having problems. (laughs) Your beard's covering your eyes. (laughs) Clacks, of course, by Atari 1989. Yay! Oh, I'm reading. It was released in the summer of 1990. Hmm. Uses a 68,000 CPU with an Oki 6295 sound chip. Developed by Dave Akers on an Amiga. Good old Dave. With Amiga Basic and ported over to C for the arcade version. Mark and Stephen Price Pierce is also credited for development as well. Brad Fuller did the sound. That's why the Amiga version is so good. Isn't it? Gotta be. I, play, I played a lot of versions of this. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll look at that later on. Clax is a horizontal orientated game. And it sounds a little bit like this. Clax Wave. That came in a tall upright machine with a gorgeous little cabaret, which I used to own. 
Both two-player cabinets uses a four-way joystick and one button to control the game. So, the play, if you think of a cross between Tetris and Connect Four, or four in a row for our foreign listeners, you need to call it a different game, that's sort of how it plays. You control a small block, or a paddle, it's kind of like a square ship, like an Arkanoid. Yeah. At the top of the screen, you have a rolling play area, rather like a conveyor belt. Coloured tiles are dropped onto the belt, and they are rolled towards you. The aim is to catch tiles as they fall, and turn, and in turn, dish them back onto the player below your bat, stacking the tiles in threes, fours, and fives. This will remove the tiles. You can stack them horizontally, vertically, diagonal, and various patterns for large bonuses and level warps. Level warps. Your play area consists of a grid of, of an area that can hold 5 by 5 tiles, 25 tiles. Your bat can hold up to 5 tiles. If a tile falls off the conveyor, or onto your full-up bat, or onto a maxed-out stack in the play area, you will lose a drop. You only get so many drops in a game. These vary in number on the level you start on. When you've lost your last drop, it's game over, man. Game over, man. The levels consist of different tasks. These can be in the form of getting a number of horizontal, vertical or diagonal lines or claxes. A survival wave where so many tiles are sent to your conveyor or a score challenge. A clax is when you drop a minimum of three like coloured tiles next to or on top of each other. Clax. <laughs> you can start at level one with three drops and don't get a bonus for completing the levels. Or start at level five with four drops and a bonus for 100,000 to complete the level. Wow. Or what most people have been doing, start on level 11 with 5 drops and a bonus of 200,000 for completing that level. Some levels have bonus warps to the levels for completing various tasks or patterns with the tiles. If you pull down on the joystick while playing, it speeds up the conveyor, bringing the tiles down faster, same as in Tetris. Pressing the fire button drops the tiles onto the play area. Pushing up on the joystick fires a little plunger on your bat and lobs the tile back onto the conveyor. But beware. It will come back down again, usually with another tile on the same line, so you can't grab both of them and you will lose it. See, I didn't know this. Yeah, it's until, very difficult to grab two. Yeah, you can lob them back if you're really in trouble, but it's not wise to do it. I must have known it when playing the Amiga version, but I've forgotten. Yeah. I didn't know you could push them back up and then speed up the conveyor as well. Yeah. So that does help the gameplay, doesn't it? So there's a lot of tips and secrets in this game It's for doing different patterns. So if you get a large X, which goes from the top and bottom on the left and the right, equaling down until you get the very last one in the middle and it creates a great big X across the screen you get massive amount of points for that and usually a level warp depends what level you're on Charlie Farr got 340,000 on level 1 doing that yeah you can but I always start on level 11 because it's the it's a doctor Richard Broadhurst hey, Richard Broadhurst is in the house you alright we're just recording get him in sit down sir alright we need to talk to you we're in the middle of doing the game now never mind we'll go back to that alright talk to you about BBCB computers Oh, yes, go on. You are an expert, sir. You're wearing a rather fetching Acorn T-shirt with a little owl on it. How cool is that? That's, um, I thought I might give it away in case anybody's wondering who the idiot who likes BBCs is. You like BBCs, you, sir. And we just mentioned you in a minute in the shout-outs, because I'm going to be doing a podcast with the RGDS crew, or one of them at least, about BBCB games. And I'm trying to get my BBC working so I can play some of your games on it. Now, do you know offhand how many games you've actually made and what they are? You've done loads. Um, not as many as you'd think, but... Uh, no, you've done a few. More than <laughs> I have. So you've done Frogger. Done Frogger, Space Invaders, Astro Blaster. Warlords. Carnival. Warlords is an emulator that runs on the BBC. Yeah. But plays the arcade ROM. Yeah, So is XD Circus, XD Ripcord, and Sprint. Sprint. Oh, Sorry, right. Sorry. Sprint. Um, so I haven't played some of these on the BBC, but I'm going to when I get that thing working. 
eight games for BC. Well, four emulators, and there's yeah. some other games like Because I wouldn't have thought. Did you say Frogger? Yeah, he's done Frogger. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a special chip in his BBC now, so he can get brown logs rather than pink ones. Oh, they weren't pink chips. before. And they weren't pink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love special yeah. chips. But the games you've made. And oh. Scramble's got about another day left. Oh, yeah, you've nearly done. You showed me Scramble at Revival. Oh, have you got it here? Cool. Oh, I have to see it. <laughs> I love Scramble. So. I don't know what it is with the BBC beer. Is it because it uses the same processor or other chips that, that your games look so much like the arcade versions? Because your Astro Blaster, the, even the speech sounds almost identical. Did you use arcade ROMs in Astro Blaster? Uh, no, no. That's, you didn't? That's all from scratch. Uh, wow, that's hard work. So that game's got a lot of secrets and little quirks and odd things in it as well. Yeah, I actually ran out of memory making that one. Really? But I ran out of memory doing all of them. So For 32k, I, I take it's not an expanded yeah. BBC. So it uses some extra sideways RAM for the speech mm-hmm. to drive the speech chip. Yeah. Because um, the whole game's 32k without any speech. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a speech chip, it'll do samples. So it'll load another 32k of samples. Oh, wow. Um, but it has to stop the game to play them. Oh, yeah, right. So it. Like the Atari version of Berserk, and it actually stops everything to say intruder alert, intruder alert, and it gets going again afterwards. It's quite good, it still does it quite nicely. An old 8 bit computer, like, it's very impressive. But the games that you've done, because that machine was from like 1982 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And we had Commodore 64s and Spectrums. Those games back then, the arcade ports, were nowhere near as accurate as your ones. So what have you... Have you used modern ways of doing it to make them good? Or could you have done that back in the 80s if you were back there then? Um, some, of the, some of the techniques are the same ones I used in the 80s. Wow. Um, and the other ones are the ones I've thought of since. Yeah. The particular graphics chip in the D, the 6845. There were some tricks we worked out back in the day. Yeah. Others that have been more thoroughly worked out on the Amstrad CPC. Oh, I see. The same chip, so we borrowed oh, a few of those. Oh, okay. And yeah. Extended on them. Yeah, brilliant. So. It is. Well, that that speech on the Astro Blast was brilliant. I want to I want to get a BBC together with a speech chip and some side of them so I can play it to its best. Yeah. So I'm going to sort of probably sell the master I've got and fund the BBC B and get it all spec'd out because. Some of the games there are brilliant. I mean, the, the ones we played at school were like Frack and Repton and Granny's Garden and Imogen and stuff like that. They're really, really cool games. Back even back then, they were 80s games. And some of the others, I mean, like Elite's a big favourite, isn't it? And yeah. that sort of stuff. Never really my game, but I know a lot of people have a lot of love for Elite. And yes, Planet, Planetoid and Snapper. Yes, they're they're the old versions of Asteroids and um, and Pac-Man and stuff. Yeah, cool. Really, really nice. But that, that machine is just. I don't know, because I could never afford one as a kid, because they were like 400 quid. Yeah. I mean, only schools had them. All, my school had them in, in middle school. I had them all there. We used to play all the games at school, and you know, no one had a disk drive back then either, and stuff like that, so you couldn't really get the decent stuff. And um, now I've got one, I'm sort of rediscovering all these games, and there's a lot of good stuff on it. Is there, is there many more modern programmes like yourself doing games for it? There's a big community still, isn't there, for the BBC? Yeah, it's not as big as the others, obviously, because they mm. sold a lot more machines. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, though, because the BBC is really good. Well, like you say, it was 400 quid. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the Commodore was like 200, and the Spectrum was 100. Yeah. more as a games machine, right? Yeah. Well, you, if you look inside a Commodore 64, it's really cut down, and even a Spectrum is ultra cheap. They did everything on the cheap. In a BBC, there's loads of socketed chips and extra hardware and speakers and all sorts of bits and bobs in there which you didn't get. So maybe that's where all the cost came from. 
And they're huge old things as well, with a power supply inside them and everything. They're quite powerful machines. Yeah, and they're well built, they've got a proper keyboard. Yeah, it, lovely it, keyboard. It all adds to the cost. Proper clickety clackety keyboard. Rather like this pet here. Which I was messing about on earlier. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get you in a minute after we've recorded this silly podcast and we'll uh, have a look at my BBC and see what isn't working properly. Probably just need to do a jam. Jam on it, or peanut butter, probably. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Richard's skillful hands all over it should help. Just give it a good wash, a good soap and soap. <laughs> That's not as far-fetched as you think, you know. You can do Roger. that. Yeah. some people in the house. It's very popular putting the... Uh, yeah, people do put the uh, motherboards in the dishwasher. Do <laughs> you not know that? I've seen it on the metal. If you take all the socket, if you take all the socket and mm. chips out, so it doesn't get water in them, yeah. and take anything that might come off, put it on a a, a, bl- a plain wash with no detergent in, no yeah. just blasts all the all the water over it. Yeah. You can blow it off with an air liner to leave it in the airing cupboard for a few days, so it dries out perfectly fine. Run the washing machine do better. You can you can put some fresh in there. You could put those little pellets in there and yeah, smell all fresh. Smell but then you'd have chips and screws and everything all in your washing machine. And the, the, the tumble action may be not so great. Just put on 800 spin, not 1200. <laughs> That'll be bad for it, I think. Yeah, yeah but you can, you can clean stuff. As long as you don't turn anything on when it's wet and it arcs out, yeah. absolutely fine. It, yeah, it's going to be proper dry, isn't it? I've, yeah. I've watched yes. a few videos again, but it makes sense, really, that you're just washing an old piece yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, you're, you're making it wet and then drying it, so as it's dry, what's the problem? Yeah, as long as there's no tandem water in it, it's fine. I haven't been brave enough to do any of mine. I think I did an old PCB that I knew didn't work and I cleaned it so I could work on it and it didn't do anything bad to it. It still worked the same as it did before. Mm. Um, it wasn't working still, but yeah, it's fine to do it. In fact, some of these PCBs you buy off of companies selling game boards, they'll have done it already or they'll put it in a, a, a bath of alcohol to yeah. clean it properly and then they just dry it all off. Because um, brake cleaner is very good for that sort of stuff as well. I recently watched um, an 8-bit guy video. He, he fixed up his VIC-20. It's the worst VIC-20 I've ever seen. It was covered in oil and dirt, a key's missing. And he just got the brake cleaner out and sprayed it. And all this stuff just fell off of it. It was really, really cool. And he, he, he washed it off in water again and let it dry. And he actually got it working in him. It's pretty cool. Yes. Well, that's Richard Broadhurst. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon, sir. I'm going to go and talk about Clax again. Yes. Cheers, Richard. Quite a nice guy. We, co- we accosted him. We accosted him. We grabbed him. They were going to run off. Grabbed him by the Gungaroonas. Right, well, let's get out of clax. Tip, Where was we? And secrets. Yes. Getting four in a line gets a, d- a descent point. Decent point. Oh, sure. There's not an S today. It? Struggling today. And his clusters, two clutches. Getting five in a line gets really good points, and his clusters, three clutches. So when you're doing waves that require you to get so many claxes, if you get four, it counts as two claxes. And obviously, we're fine. You've got to get two either side and drop one down the middle. But it's hard to do that when all the other different colours are coming down as well. So it is quite difficult to do. You get good points for it. Chaining so, or comboing drops is very good for points and makes the game go, ooh, I like that bit. It actually goes, ooh. <laughs> it's lovely. I love a sexy lady clag. So the graphics and soundless, I love the graphics and soundless. It's one of my... That and Volfide, I know you don't like the game, but the actual mm. graphical style and the sounds... The, the plop, plop, plop gets yeah. a bit annoying. Oh, I love it. Especially when it speeds up, it's, it's a good, it's a good kind of, you know, when you build up the tension in a film. Yeah, it, it builds it up because blah blah blah. It's like it's like the Space Invaders as well. When you start playing the game, it gets faster and it's more, it gets your heart going. Mm. So it does do that. Uh, 16-bit goodness all round. It uses a 68k processor. We talked to, 
It looks like it came straight off an Amiga. Oh yes, it did, didn't it? Yes. But and it's got nice backgrounds as well, which are sort of off the play area, which look quite nice. It changes the game around a little bit. The Boingy Atari sound effects are awesome. A lot of their games from like the late 80s and 90s did that. Like when you put the coin in, it makes that bong noise. Mm. All the System 2 cabs did that and stuff. It's really nice. Not really great any tunes in it as such, but um, future sounding spot effects and fun speech. I like it. You reckon? Yeah, love it. Mm. Now, the cabinet art on this, um, the, the cutest buttons cabaret is adorable. I used to have one and I'd like to buy it. It is back. nice, it is, does the look cabaret good. Is, the, the big one. Oh, but it's a bit ugly, I think. It's a bit in your face, but it's nicely coloured. We've got one at Arcade Club. We have, it, yeah. It's on our podcast image. Yes, it is. It's a nice game. It's the actual photo I took of the Cabot Arcade Club. Yeah, but the actual Cabaret, I owned two at one point. Mm. One was a, a dedicated one that was perfect, and the other one was been, been, at the time, converted into a poker game. And I refurbished it and actually did it as a jammer cab. But what I was going to do at the time is you could actually buy from Atari a Tetris kit to go in a Klax the, the artwork for Klax the side art right. the game obviously and then the bezel I was going to do have a Klax and an Atari Tetris because I had a Tetris board at the time I never got into it and I sold those machines and it's one of the regrets I have selling because I really like those games and I know both people who've got those machines now and I asked them begged them to sell them back to me if they ever get bored of them so if you're listening and you're bored of that machine ring me <laughs> give me a shout on the back so the trivia on this game uh, was basically I had two of them, um, but there was there was never a cocktail of this, which is weird. Just the upright and the cabaret. Mm. They didn't do a cocktail of it. I think Atari by then had got bored of their cocktails. They never really made as many cocktails as they did their uprights. They're quite That's hard to find. Selling, really. I don't think so. Maybe it wasn't really a, a pub type game when you sit down 70s, and play. Early 80s thing cocktails. It was though. really, yeah. There wasn't so many in the late 80s, and especially in the 90s. I don't think people it was in at all. the 70s had to sit down because the flares were so big. They were all over playing yeah, these games. Yeah. So yeah. the cocktails, they could sit down and play stuff. And if there was a busy arcade of uprights and there was a lot of flare flapping, yeah, there would be a tsunami of, of orange and green jewelry. Children's eyes out. Oh, yeah. Tip of, of the flare. Did you have flares? I bet you're a bit young for flares. Oh, when I was a kid, yeah. I used to, I used to wear what your kids gave you. I think I had flares. I'm sure I used to get them stuck in my skateboard wheels a lot as well. Clax yeah. mm. <laughs> won Best Mind Game oh. in 1991 at the European Computer Leisure Awards. On later levels, and I've never seen them, so this is after level 56, you get two more coloured tiles to do with. Grey and dark green. Eek! Eek! I've never seen them. No, I haven't. And do you know, you could send off for a t-shirt. Yeah. The ad was actually displayed on the machine during a track mode, and you could actually turn off, in the dip switch settings, the t-shirt, and also the FBI warning at the start. Hey kids, don't use drugs, they're terrible. Winners don't use drugs. Yeah, you could turn that and this off. Winners do use drugs, but get found out sometimes. Yes, yes, you evil drug takers, ha ha. Yes, give it a go if you fancy a chance. Give no one off the joke. But if you fancy getting a t-shirt, you have to hurry up because uh, the offer expires. December 31st, 1990. Good God. Good God, man. Just give me a time machine, £27. Do you know what I actually did? I actually, because I like this game a lot, mm. and my main version, I turned on the clones, and I was looking at different clones of it, and there was actually a prototype version in main, and they're quite different versions. Right. Yeah, they, they look a lot more primitive. They look, they're not quite finished. They haven't got as detailed backgrounds, the sounds are a bit more different. I think you can start on, you can start on level 1, 6, and 19, rather than 1, 5, and 11, whatever it is. 
Yeah, it's quite a cut-down version. You can tell it was a prototype. It's interesting, nonetheless. Ooh. So, port sequels are legacies. There was never a sequel to it, but there was a lot of ports. It's quite a simple game. Have you played all these and you look at them all? Yeah, it looks all of them. Wow. Yeah. So, I played some on on hardware. I played some on emulation and I watched some YouTube videos of these. So the 64 version, which I think so you quite liked, um, ugly. Really ugly, really drab no, colours of the Amiga version I liked. I yeah. don't oh, think right. I played the 64 The 64 one. version is really drab colours. It's meh. Doesn't very good at all. Probably the worst version. The ZX Spectrum, garish colours, because it only had eight colours, but works with a minimum amount of clash. They've done it on the board, so it doesn't really colour clash that badly. Clever. Works quite nicely. Mm. It's quite good. And has a digitised speech. The Atari 2600 version. Ah, oh, poor VCS. Amazingly, a functional port without any kind of frills, like the perspective-drawn conveyor belt and all that, but it actually works quite well. Wow. Game Boy version. This is the black and white Game Boy version, the DMG version. <laughs> the colour clash. Yeah, the tiles are shaded in areas to differentiate them, but it looks awkward and would be nasty to play, especially when the game gets quicker. It might be just as bad as the 64 version. It's not very good at all. But the Game Boy Color version, the next iteration of the Game Boy, is night and day difference from the, from the black and white version. This is a million times better. It works really nicely. It's color, but not as many colors as the proper version, but they're, they're shaded as well to give a sort of clever different they sort of dither the colours it's quite clever it works the MSX version very like the Spectrum version but it's nice enough BBC Micro just talking to our BBC expert there they just used four colours on it for some reason we should oh, I'll ask Richard later on why they only use four colours he'll probably some know some graphics mode I think it is they use red, blue, black and white so they had to use shaded to make the different tiles it still works but why it just doesn't look as good they could have used Another mode, maybe, to make it look more like the arcade. Because the, the BBC's got, I think, 16 colours. Mm. Real shame, because it, it would have worked really nicely on that. MS-DOS version. Normally, these are terrible. The old, old IBM DOS versions. But this is not too bad. Weird shading and really nasty sounds, though. I presume this was before proper sound cards were popular. It's just, it's just using the beeper. Yeah, I think it's using the beeper. Amstrad CPC. Overly chunky. And, not too, and the two bright colours make it look messy. And cluttered. So I'm a bit overly chunky, but... and messy, and messy. cluttered. Look at that belly. No, I refuse. I'm going to lose weight. The NES version yeah. is a bit of a funky version, like they did a lot of NES games. They always seem to have a slightly enhanced version of it, so it's slightly different. With some more bits and bobs added onto it. Nice though. Uh, the Sam Coupe and the ST. Nice versions that very similar. Probably ported from one to the other. Yeah. I never really played a Sam Coupe. I bet they got one here. The Atari 7800 version looks good, but sounds awful with a tear sound chip. They should have put a pokey in that machine. They should have put a pokey in that machine. Yeah, probably saved a few quid, but they didn't. Yeah, but ruined it, really. Amiga. How much are pokey chips? A lot. About yeah. 11 quid. Right. But back then, they would have been a lot less. Yeah. But I don't know why they didn't put one in the machine, because two games come out with a pokey on the cartridge. And people use them. They nick them now. Yeah. Uh, Ball, Blazer, and Commando. Yeah. So yeah, but people doing modern games are using the pokey on these, you know, multi-game systems. So, the Amiga, oddly, doesn't look exactly like the arcade game that closely, but it sounds exactly the same. So, presuming the, right. the sound chip in an Amiga is the same one as they used in this machine. See, I remember it looking the same, but it's a long time ago. I'll have to look at YouTube. It's not quite the same. Yow chow. The Sega Game Gear version. Lovely little colourful version with added musical ditties. It's got actual tunes on it. Master System is another really good pull. 
the Lynx, which was Atari's own machine, it, this was one of the games, I think you got it with it. It was a packing game with it, possibly? Mm, yeah, maybe. It looks like it plays vertically, because some games you could play, because you had buttons either side of, the, of the, the machine, you could play it vertically, so hopefully, play it vertically, but quite different. I don't know. Mm. Looks pretty good, though. And hopefully the Lynx had the same sound, because it does sound similar. Game Boy Advance looks exactly the same as the arcade. The sounds are like being played in a steel drum. Really weird sound effects on it. The PC Engine is a near-perfect arcade port. It's nearly there. Uh, Mega Drive looks very similar to the Master System with nicer sounds. This could have been arcade perfect, surely. Surely. Yeah. PlayStation, perfect arcade port again on one of those compilation jobbies. As well as a bunch above, Clax also released some various Japanese-only computers. I dare say they're arcade perfect. Yeah, PC88 and all those sort of games. Yeah, they were sharp, pretty good. Sharp knife, no sharp. Yeah, those pretty good machines. Yes. They had a lot of perfect arcade ports. So scoring on this game, you get a whole five points for grabbing a tile off a conveyor. A three-way vertical collapse gets you fifty points. A four-way vertical collapse gets you ten thousand points. Good God! Good God, man! Uh, three horizontal clacks, a thousand. A four-way horizontal clacks is five thousand, and classes two clacks. A five-way horizontal clacks is ten thousand, and classes three clacks. A three-way diagonal clacks is five thousand. A four-way diagonal clacks is ten thousand, and classes two clacks. And a five-way diagonal clacks is twenty thousand points short, and classes three clacks. It's a hard one to get. That is. I didn't. You wouldn't have bothered getting no. one because you're just trying to get the big X to get the big thing. Yeah. If you mess up the X and get a big one, you get the points, but you mess up your seconds then. There are multiple multipliers for combos, and these add up some really big scores I mentioned before. Making a 5x5 five five X gives a bonus point and can sometimes warp you to higher levels. Oh, higher, baby! Get higher, higher baby! Do it ever come down! Free, free! Right, so scores. Do. Sean hasn't got the scores with us. I'm going to record the scores at home and then pop them in here. Right, these are the scores. We have Steve Tyke, 1,055. This is how I see the game. Picture of millions of dots. One point, please. Steve Horse, 9,420. John Horse, 19,505. Stacey King, 22,620. I had one game of this, but it's not for me. Once it speeds up, I become a deer in the headlights. And I panic and then become a pavement pizza. Alan Delta Lima, 24,490. Only one game of clacks as we're doing some work on the house. It seems to be a great game. I'll come back to it again for sure. Andy K. Horse, 28,940. Rob Carpenter, 32,850. Cool game, but just can't seem to get to grips with it. I'll stick to Tetris. VIP, 52,735. Loved this game on the Mega Drive years ago. Ed Horse, 57,165. I am not a lover of this game since its days on the C64. It's Guitar Hero Tetris. Buller, 58,025. Hate puzzle games, quick first effort score, it's the taking part that counts. Ian Cullen, 58.040. Being colour blind make this game in, makes this game impossible, oh my god. There are too many similar colours, first and last entry from me on this as I'm just unable to play it. Paul McCaskey, 85.560. I didn't play this much, I found it frustrating. It would have been better without the waves and an endless, and an endless mode, more like Tetris. Mark Happy Dude... 
139285. I had to admit my feeble mind cannot get to grips with what to do in this game. Me too, mate. Michael Walkman, 143565 into the hundred thousands. Can't get past the 40 blocks level because I'm too old and slow. Like the game though, we'll keep going. Benny Bonassi, 15455. Not sure if I'll get more time with it. I like it, but I'm pretty crapex at clacks. Troll Nads 150663. I seem to be struggling with this one. I'm sure I used to used to be better, but I'm not so keen on it now. Same with me really. Button mashing fun, 158-260. Hats off to the high score players in this game as it gets frantic in a hurry. Tactical Giles, 164-920. A crap score, but at least I got it in an actual dedicated clax cabinet. He did that at Arcade Club, I think. I like puzzle games, and this one is well designed, but it just doesn't gel with me for some reason. Also, the sound effects make me want to put super glue in my ears. Oh, dear. Matthew Bridge, 183-515. Paul Higgins, 210 500 rolling blocks don't agree with me wish i was better but it just ain't going to happen andrew driver 211 310 finally 200,000 he's put i think he was going for 200k matt neo mk 226.20. surprisingly addictive game that's better than tetris in my opinion prefer blowing things up me too but we'll come back to it nice Mark Bell, 232.550. Not a fan of puzzle games, but this one isn't bad, I suppose. Too much thinking required on a Sunday afternoon. Brian Haribo, 248.490. To be fair, it's a good game, it's just not for me. That's what I think, really. And then me next, 269.505. Ben Granville, 273.135. Any game that tries to sell you a t shirt is rubbish. It's all right, it's all right. Tactical Laura, 281.015. Upgrade from the missus. She's starting to make me look bad now. Yeah, Tactical Laura, it's Tactical Jails. Bill Wellham, thank you for them biscuits, Bill. A very nice Japanese biscuits. Had them all last night. 348.053. It's not the 90s anymore. It's not time for clacks. Not me anyway. Never could get past the 40 tiles level. Not then, not now. I guess it's a good game, though. I feel like a bricklayer on acid. I'm done with it. <gasps> Vincent Marmite has beat me, but around 800,000. He's going to put the the actual score he got on the website is beat me i'm gonna do a vic in your face holly you beardy fool anyway neil 20 to 5 8 20 215 i used to like this back in the day but not played it since just not enjoying this now largely due to my apparent inability to determine the reds from the oranges Ooh, we've heard this before so 849 piddly improvement on my previous score that sounds like mouthwash clacks the only games that, that sounds like an std Ooh. He is Jimmy, 857205. Sleep not important, work not important, food not important, must build clacks, must build clacks. In fact, why am I wasting time writing this tweet when I must build clacks? Just manage level 6x six times. Salbug857235. I've already read his comments out in the feedback section. Word on Sal. Rich Chunks in. Good score from Rich. 867975. Forgot how much I love this game. Need to break that 1 million. Flip him right in face. Simon Anderson. A million and 19,090. Millionaires Club. Big clacks. Hand fist pump. Broke 1 million on my final try before the cutoff. That is. Phil Horse, another good score, 1108735. Chris Mooncrestor Bootleg, 1217295. He's put, I just did a huge clax. Ooh, what could that mean? Charlie Farr, 12861231286000. He's all claxed out. 
Getting 30 Klaxes on level 56 is not going to happen. Not a terrible puzzler, but doesn't have that satisfaction that Tetris has. Klax, lax, that's the facts. Oh, that's clever, isn't it clever? And Chris++ Plus Plus has doubled anyone else's score. 2,348,553. Awesome score from Chris++. Plus Plus. We read his comments out in the feedback section as well. So that's it. 38 players. Well done, kids. We also had some feedback that we missed from Jeremy Riley. Oh, he said, I wanted to say how much I've enjoyed some of the recent games. Both Rock and Rope and Spatter were new to me and are brilliant, and I have a new appreciation for venerable classics like Bubble Bubble and Ghouls and Ghosts. Vic, you should consider trying Rogue Aces on the Switch. I think Mr. Hollywood enjoy it too. It's as if the Amiga's obscure 2D horizontal Wings of Fury <laughs> married Choplifter and Time Pilot was the best man. Oh, might try that. Thank you very much. Also, we've got one from Pete Hahn. Yeah, here it is. Just caught up with the last two podcasts. Great shows as usual, Sean and Vic. I nearly spit out my coffee while I was drinking when Victor was doing Soul's voice and the background music came on. A quick tech tip on Darius Burst, another chronicle for Sean. You can block out other players from joining you mid-game by pressing up at the ship select entry screen. All right. The other ships will show as no entry. And, and then for the entirety, entirety of your game, no players will be able to come in and ruin the game. Hopefully see you both in a few weeks' time. Yeah, see you soon, Pete. Yeah, there you go. Pretty good scores from everyone. And everyone, thanks for playing. And Right, my just, just a bit, my thoughts on claps, right? Oh, yeah, go on, tell me. I thought, this is what I put on Twitter, I put... Clever game, nicely designed, great sound, nice graphics, but I just wasn't finding it fun. Just wasn't. It, I think oh, it's what a it's, surprise! Why didn't you find it fun, Sean? Not enough because there's no bullets. It's not enough bullets. Feet. No bullets at all. But it is. It's a, it is a very good game, and I can understand people getting into it. It's just the the speedy puzzle element I don't enjoy anymore. You've got to I can't be think fast anymore. You've got to be quite quick uh, in your brain working your out brain. working out stuff before it happens. Mm. And I'm not bad at it. I'm not brilliant. I watched a YouTube video of this. I'll put in the, sh the show notes of someone completing all 100 levels. They've one CC there, and the way they're doing they're setting up things that I didn't even see until they happened. So you got when you when you drop something down, it misses one. Another one drops on top of that one, takes another one out, and another one, and it's really clever because you get massive multipliers, and it, it's getting all that stuff set up quickly while the tiles are coming round. It's like the Grandmaster Tetris players; they yeah. can get in their minds what they're doing before it even happens there, and you don't even see it. It's like a natural thing, and I'm not brilliant at it, but I do like those kind of puzzles. Like I like I love Tetris, I love the puzzle games, I love the the brick games, you know, the sort of columns type of games. And I, I really like those kind of puzzle game elements. So I like Clax a lot, and I did have a machine, and I'd love to have a cabaret again. I really, really would. It's one mm. of my, the games I'd like to have back, and I really regret selling it. I really do. At the time, I wasn't really collecting cabarets. I think I had to move, and I didn't have much room. Mm. Boring excuse after boring excuse, but I wish I'd kept them. And it is a nice game. I have got original board still. It's in my horizontal pony at the moment. I'm going to stay in there for a bit, because I do like playing it. And it saves the high scores as well. So that's what my high score is for this challenge. Yeah. I do like the game I like it a lot mm. and the two player element as well I think you play against each other the first to get I don't think I've ever played two player you know against someone yeah me and Charlie Farr did oh did you yeah there's no effect 
you're just playing the two play. You're just playing like two simultaneous. So when games. one's finished, you wait, yeah. and the next player plays. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You think it'd be a race to complete, or if you drop a, a clax, the other person gets an extra brick or something. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Like that. It's weird, isn't it? But you, you don't. It's not wait, cooperative. You carry, you carry on to the next wave. Yeah, no. It's oh, it's just sort of like a race. I don't know. And then whoever gets the more points wins. It's just you're playing two players at once. And Does it say at the end? You don't affect each Left other. Left players one or right players no, one. No, it doesn't. So it's basically just two machines in one, so you can get yeah. twice as many credits. Weird. Yeah. That's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. I thought it'd be sort of competitive. No, unless that was how the dips were set on this one I was playing. I don't, I don't think the dips have got a setting for that, actually. Right. Well, I Ooh. love the game. I've loved it for a long time. I just really like it still. Mm. It's a game I will go back to, and I got, I got a feeling back in the day when I had the machine, with multipliers and then doing level 56 after level 11, big cross, I think I got about 3 million points. Well, I couldn't get anywhere near that this time round. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so nearly 900,000 is about my, my level, I think. Right. That's getting obviously the big... Because if you get the big cross and a load of multipliers after it, just by chance, it bumps it up again. And if you do level 56, which is quite hard, I think it goes back a little bit slower. But the later levels get really difficult. Mm. Especially like on the diagonal waves and stuff like that. Yeah, you can only get diagonal. A lot of clever... If, you, if you're clever enough and you can think quick, you can get some mega points it's on this. setting up and getting once you've dropped one it's setting the next ones up and the next ones and sort of getting your your bricks in order rather than messing yourself up and leaving odd bricks on top of each other mm. that's the way of doing it I think and you've got to, your, your brain's got to work before and ahead of everything and some people just aren't very good at that are you sure? No. 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 It's just like bullets <laughs> and biscuits and IPA. Bullets and biscuits. Yes. Nice. It's a good name for a game, that. Next show's game. It's a listener pick from Chris Plus Plus. He's been on at me for ages about this game. I'm eventually going to do it. And he talked about it in Podcast 113. 113. And it's yes. Toy Pop. Popping Toys. Popping Toys. Right in things. This one does have bullets. Yes, it does. And toys. Yeah. And pop. I'm looking forward to this. So we have two weeks to play these kids. So I'm Namco 1986. The ROM is just called Toy Pop. The default settings, which are three lives, normal difficulty, and extra life every 15,000. No continues. You know what you're going to slap if you do. I've had a quick go on this. Yeah. It reminds me of a cross between Higamaru, Partnership Higamaru, and Don't Pull. And Gauntlet. Yeah, and Gauntlet, and the pushy game with penguins. Pengo. Pengo. Yeah. push again yeah. yeah so I quite like the idea of it it seems quite difficult but I need to get into it I I, I like the look of it mm. so let's go and have a look around the museum and have a go with some arcade games yes and talk to some people yeah woo thanks for listening See thanks for listening kids catch you next time two weeks time bye 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 you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 